Well, in today's video, I want to talk about the five best ways to handle a narcissistic child. Now, in all honesty, there are thousands of different ways, and it's unique to your child, but I picked out five that I think are kind of the basics, and I'm sure there are other teachers that have wonderful ideas, so I encourage you to look for other solutions as well. The more solutions we have, the better. But I'm also going to talk about the three best things you can do for yourself, because you need help too. You know, there's a lot of pain and anguish um, putting up with this in your life. And so you need an avenue to get yourself some. Uh... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, help and um, a breather from all of this. So let's get started with all of this. The first thing to recognize is the ground rules um, for a relationship with a, you know, and I'm talking an adult child narcissist. You know, air, air, this is a, something people don't recognize. There's a stage of child development um, very early on, depending three to six years old, basically, where we all, every human on this planet goes through a healthy narcissistic development where the world revolves around us. That's normal and healthy. It's part of growing into a well-adjusted adult. The problem is many children get stuck, not many, but narcissistic children especially get stuck they never grow out of that stage so but this video is geared towards an adult child not you know somebody preteen or teenager whatever i'm talking an adult child you know probably 19 and above now all right so the first thing to recognize with an adult child who's a narcissist is boundaries don't work by definition, narcissists are abusive, okay? And all abusers, by definition, don't respect boundaries. So you can go, I mean, I encourage everyone to learn about codependence and setting boundaries and all of that. But the key to remember is you're dealing with an abusive person. Boundaries won't work with them. They will trample them because they don't see them. They don't honor them. They don't respect them. They don't think they matter. Because, especially in the case of a narcissist, everything's about them. So, who cares about your boundaries? Unless they're an advantage to me, I don't even notice them. All right? So, that's th the thing to recognize is many people try and engage and stay around a narcissist because I'm going to have boundaries. Well, the boundaries won't work. All right? So, recognize that you can, I'm, I encourage you to try and use them. That's wonderful for your own sanity because you know it's the right thing to do i just want you to recognize that they won't honor them and demanding that they honor them is is futile all right they won't hear you and they won't adjust again unless they see a benefit for themselves all right that means number two in a relationship with a narcissistic narcissistic child we have to be willing to accept the scraps we will not get love. We will not get respect. We will not get the things that we will get from a normal, healthy relationship. We will only get scraps that they feel 
benefit them if they give them to you. You will have absolutely no say in the matter. There is nothing you can do to convince them, to change them, to get any of that to be different. So you have to be willing to accept that they are in control at all times and they will decide that whatever loving attention you might receive. You are, it is not a mutual dynamic. It is one-sided, all right? Now, some suggestions to help navigate this is to keep a semblance of self-esteem and power. What a lot of people try and do is they try and reason with a narcissist, try and figure them out or try and get them to see. Again, it's a waste of time. And so what I advise is turn everything into a question. So what, and this goes, this is just parenting 101. Never tell your kids what to do. Show them what to do with a question. And so instead of going, why are you treating me that way? You know, because you, how many times have you asked that? Have you ever gotten the honest answer? Never. So instead go, you know, I'm curious. What advantage do you get from treating me that way? Do you see how the, there's a difference? There's, you're placing a boundary in front of you and asking them to explain what it is they get versus demanding something from them. See, what, what gets most parents in trouble is they're, they're asking questions or they're coming at their kids wanting something from them. They want the relationship to be different. They want them to see that they're hurtful, all of that. Well, that has to stop because they don't care about the effect on you. So take the question and put it at their feet. Make the question about them so that they can look within themselves and see themselves. It's no longer about you, remember, because we're, we're settling for scraps. We're no longer going to try and change you. So we may ask a question that gets them to be introspective with themselves. So when you say things like that to me, what do you think that is? Do you think that's kind or do you think that's hurtful? What's your definition? Do you see, now you're getting them to explain themselves. Now, many Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sometimes they won't. They'll, they'll probably come back with, that's a stupid question. You know, you're right. What would be a good question? Or I wouldn't say you're right. I would say, you know, you might be right. So what do you think would be a good question? Geez, what is it with all these questions? You know, that's a great question. Yeah, what do you think it is with all these questions? Do you see? Like it's always just put it right back on them, right back on them, right back on them. That's a way to keep yourself boundaried. Because every time you try and invest in figuring them out, that's when you're vulnerable. That's when they'll eviscerate you. That's what they're looking for. So do you see what I'm, you know, this, this technique I'm giving you? So it's called a wall of pleasantness. And it protects you from it. But it, you, you might, might be able to learn a little bit more about your narcissistic child and how they view the world. And it'll help you navigate it. And it's, it's the only, this is the only type of, 
connection you'll be able to get with them. All right? That does number four. It puts the responsibility on them. If they complain and don't like the way things are, then it becomes, so why do you think you want things like that? What do you mean? I don't want this. That's an interesting perspective. That's the choice you made, so I'm curious why you chose that. See, I never defend myself with a narcissist. I make them responsible for everything. You're so, you're, you know, whatever their accusation of me is, again, I flip it into a question. So if that's how you see me, why would you want that in your life? You see, I don't defend myself. I don't correct them. I don't bite. They're trying to suck me into a fight. They want to suck the energy out of me. I don't give it to them. I turn everything into a question. I place responsibility at their feet. You're driving me crazy. Why'd you do that? You know, that's a great question. Maybe you can answer it for me. Do you see? Everything. Turn the question on them, put the responsibility on them over and over and over. Never invest your own thoughts and feelings into it, ever. That's how you can protect yourself. Number five, this is sad, but you have to um, safeguard your money, your possessions, your heart especially the younger they are. Um, they will tend to show up to steal, um, cry wolf that they're hurt, and they will be hurt. They'll have problems, and you'll want to fix them. You'll want to help them, and you'll think maybe this time they're really serious. It's, it's all part of the game, and so that's where we have to remember that it's not real. And we have to settle for scraps. And that's why we turn everything into a question and put responsibility at their feet. So what are the three things you can do for yourself? Well, the first thing is to get yourself um, focusing on yourself. Part of what has a parent so disheveled at this is they've been um, spending all their life trying to figure out how to get the narcissist to not be a narcissist, how to help the child. That's a red flag. Um, they're constantly trying to figure the narcissist out. And so they're focused on the narcissist's words and not their actions. And so if you're so focused on helping them, remember the five, you know, the five steps before was about turning that and stopping that focus from them to your, it's stopping the focus on being inside of you to fix them and getting them to fix the problem. Well, the recovery part for yourself is to stop focusing on trying to fix them and start focusing on trying to fix yourself, all right? Because a red flag for almost all parents of narcissists are so focused on helping their child not be a narcissist anymore. Well, that's a red flag because do you see they're avoiding their own recovery and they're avoiding the only thing they can control, themselves. They can't control the narcissist. So the first step for you is to make your own recovery your priority. Take your focus off the narcissist. All right. Now, if you ever want to focus on the narcissist, make sure that you're ignoring their words and you're watching their actions. Nothing, nothing out of their mouth ever matters. All that matters is the actions that they take. All right. And that goes for you too. Start putting action behind your self-care, your self-love and your own recovery program. All right. Number two is, look, all of us have wounds from childhood. All of us have been hurt by our parents. 
We carry those into every relationship and we pass those hurts on to our children. Some of the ways we do it is, to, is by going, I will never be like my parents. And so we flip to the opposite, but we don't realize that by flipping to the opposite, in this flipping, we have still done it in a way that was damaging to our child, just different damage. It's not the same as this. But since none of us are taught what healthy parenting looks like, none of us are taught what healthy relationship looks like, we just don't know that our parenting style left wounds in our child and that we are carrying wounds from our parents. The level of denial around our wounding in our own childhood and the wounding we put on our children is the single greatest killer in society today. It is the number one cause of all illness and disease, the number one cause of all relationship problems, the number one cause of all um, political problems, social problems, everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In life can be boiled down to our inability to accept the fact that we've all experienced wounds in childhood, that we've all been traumatized, and that we only see it as this severe stuff, but we don't recognize that just our parents, people just don't know that if your parents were divorced, you suffered trauma. That if you asked your parent to listen to you and they couldn't because they were busy, you suffered trauma. That's what, it's just what happens. Not because a parent is bad or to blame, but that's what happens. So number two, go become an expert in healing your own childhood wounds, because that leads to number three. Whether you recognized it or not, you played a part in your child becoming a narcissist. Children are not born in a vacuum. They learn behavior. Narcissist, narcissism is a learned behavior, all right? We teach them these things, again, not because we're bad. Now, there are people that go absolutely irate on my videos when I bring up this truth that based on all available science, it is not a genetic problem. It is an inherited problem that we teach our inherited meaning. We teach it to our children. Our parenting style is what creates the narcissist. That's what all the available literature, because anyone who, and anyone who wants to bring up genetic doesn't recognize that the theory of genes has basically been blown out of the water. We don't get illnesses and diseases through genes, all right? We maybe have certain genes, we're predisposed. Genes do get passed down, but they only get activated by the environment that they are left in. What that means is you may be born with millions of diseases, whether they're behavioral, whether they are your health issues, whatever it may be. But the childhood environment you grow up in is what triggers them to be activated. That's how genes work. It needs the environment for the gene to turn on with the exception of two or three, which I'm, if you want to learn more about it, pick up Bruce Lipton's book, um, The Biology of Belief. He's the one who got rid of the Dar Darwinism and proved all of this. Okay, so. The gene theory is has been modern science shows it is our childhood that creates our life. Okay. Now, 
Do you recognize that your unwillingness to accept the fact that you have wounds from your own childhood or that you left wounds in your childhood, that that belief is narcissistic on its face? Do you see that? That inability to accept truth. Because instantly, what's, the, what's at the core of a narcissist? The inability. Because the self-esteem wound is so severe, they can't admit, like, that's crushing. Oh my God, I can't admit that I was imperfect. And that's what's at the core of all of this. The, the people that want to argue is, un, they don't recognize underneath, they are exposing a narcissistic trait. They are unwilling to accept truth. And look at themselves. That's a hallmark of a narcissist. They're looking to blame something else. They won't take ownership. Now, I have tried my hardest to bring up this topic in a way that's kind and loving and not meant to disparage parents. I don't blame parents and people will hear me as blaming parents. And that's about you. That's from your own parents. You were blamed. I'm not blaming you. But I want to read to you from Gabor Mate because... I would like his words. I think they're incredibly kind and loving and appropriate to describe how all of this happens. And they show that they're the way I'd like to communicate that I'm not blaming parents. Because do you see, hurt people just hurt people. This has been passed down for centuries. We've never taught parenting. So no parent knows how to do it. And so each parent is parenting based off of the parenting that they received. Well, that goes back to... I, you know, it depends. If you believe in Christianity, I guess you could say Adam and Eve are to blame. If you don't believe in religion, then where does it go? We're an organism. Do you see? There's, no one's ever to blame. So I want to read to you how he describes it. And this to me is incredibly kind and loving. And this is the heart I want to get across. You're not to blame. You did the best you could, but you're human. And even if you had been raised by experts, and spent your whole life learning how to be an expert at parenting, you're human. You're going to make mistakes and leave wounds in your kids, and that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad parent. All right? This is how he says it. I need to make the distinction between blame and responsibility. Blame says that you did something wrong. You did something that you could have done differently, and therefore you are at fault. I'm going to interject. I am not blaming you. I don't think you did something wrong. I don't think you did something that you could have done differently. And I, therefore, I don't think you're at fault. That's why I always say you did the best you could. I'll continue. What I do believe in is this. Responsibility says, yes, I played a part in creating this in my child. But not consciously or deliberately. I did it because I was programmed to do it by my own childhood experience which in turn was programmed by my parents' childhood experience. Therefore, nobody is at fault. Everybody does their best, but we do pass these unconscious patterns on down. But we don't blame people for having unconscious patterns. Instead, we try to make them conscious. We try to make them conscious of it, so that they can take responsibility for it. Therefore, there's no responsibility without consciousness, and that, that also means there is no blame. So I don't blame the person or their parents for their perfectly imperfect parenting. But I do say that the unconscious patterns that they learned in their childhood have an impact 
on every area of their life. So if they want to be want to have a better life and want to help their child, they have to get conscious. They have to face self-deception and get into reality of what they've been doing so they can stop doing it or do it differently. Doing this liberates people from blame. It empowers them to be response-able, which means they're able to respond appropriately, lovingly, and confidently to events in their life, and in this case, to their children. That's how I'd like to say it. We all have unconscious patterns from the parenting we received, and so do our parents. It's been going on for centuries. The key here is we're not here to blame. We are here to be responsible. That yes, if my child is a narcissist, I played a part in that. And so I need to get conscious of things I don't see in myself that played a part in this. I need to go become an expert in it. That's the best way to help my child. That's why I share this. If you want to help your narcissistic child, stop focusing on them. That inherently is a narcissistic trait. It's an avoidance of yourself. All right? Put the focus on yourself. Some people would say, well, now you're advocating narcissism. It's all about you. No, the difference is put the focus on your unconscious patterns that you don't realize have added to this dynamic. That's all you can control. If you heal that, because remember, we pass on these unconscious traits. So my child learned these by modeling me. Well, if I model how to address my unconscious traits and to heal, that's my best opportunity to heal my child.